I, I, I chuckled as you were going, going through it because I had a, I had a gal who was our customer service person and she was awesome, super detailed. The customers loved her. They knew everything that they needed to know about their uh, order and all the rest of it. But when her and I had to communicate, we both had to move away from the strength of where we stood and she had to shorten her uh, pre-log and I had to give her time to, you know, do her thing instead of going like, come on, get to the point, just get me the stuff. So we figured it all out, but yeah, it's very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I, it really struck me. You're, you made the comment of, uh, uh, I'll ask you if I need to know something. Like, you don't need to give me all this stuff. What's the end? And okay, I can figure that out from, from here. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> oh, yeah.
One of the best things that I did as a sales manager was have my whole team, there were 10 plus myself, do an assessment. And then we all met together and presented ourselves to everybody. And it was amazing the adjustments that everybody made when it came to communicating with each person because they, they had a greater understanding of if I want this person to hear what I have to say, I need to present it in a way that opens them up to hearing, not in a way that they're going to shut down. And so, yeah, fabulous, fabulous tool. I think they were most pleased that I learned how I needed to interact with them. So there was an improvement. Well, the, the neat thing about it is that everybody had a liberty to actually be themselves and other people now understand them and they adjust how they communicate and how they interact. And it was nobody demanding anything. It was this understanding as like, I get it. Rhonda only wants, what do you need? I'll figure out the rest. Where do we need to go? Whereas I understood I needed to listen to all of the preamble and be okay with that because she needed to have that because that was her clarity of motion in her head in order for her to get where she needed to go. So yeah, it was, it was all good. It was great.
Yep. And usually those are eight bosses with very little self-awareness. Right? Because you can you can you can be innate and, and all of those kinds of things, because I've proved it myself, as long as you are self-aware and you are aware to the challenging side of your eightness right and, and sensitive sensitive to it accepting accepting people as they are i i chuckle my husband trevor we've been married for 38 years and they say that opposites attract yeah we're just very very much opposite i'm one of those quick decision makers he needs three or four days or a week that is that uh, you know what? I haven't I haven't had him uh, do anything, but I mean, he's the deliberator. He is working out all of the scenarios and what makes sense and just he wants more information and more information and more information to actually uh, make. Uh, he isn't, but he should have been. He's a cabinet maker. So, yeah, there's engineering in that. In that. So it's just it when we were first married oh man before i mean I, we got married at 22 right so not a lot of maturity there <laughs> it was just like whoa come on get off the pot make a decision and now you know as the years have gone on i appreciate that that is his process and i need to embrace that process for him just don't ask me to process that way because I start raving mad. So, yeah.
No, sorry, people get to see my smiling face the whole time. <laughs> oh dear. Well, for um, Sunday night, I got an email from uh, Mila Deschamps and she was sick. And uh, she asked me if it would be okay if uh, she recommended me to Mary Lynn as a replacement for her. So I'm here because she was sick. I am delighted to, to be here. And my background, born and raised in Richmond, British Columbia. And, uh, you know, you talk about that number eight being strong. I feel like I've been a leader since kindergarten. And all through school, I was really uh, drawn towards team athletics. Every team that was available, I participated in. I loved the collaboration. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the energy that I got from being around other people that had the same goal and the same dream. And one of my favorite things was cheering my teammates on. And because it was a team event, there was lots of cheering to be done in order to get where I, where we as a team wanted to go. And so get through school, married at 22, had three children by the time I was 27, and decided I wanted to stay home 
with them. So I chose to do the direct sales and network marketing approach and did a party plan in the evenings. And I, I built teams in that environment as well. It was just, it just seriously, I, I do think that it was kind of who I was. So <laughs> I, I am. So fast forward to our youngest being in grade 11. And I decided I was going to go and get a job. I was 44 years old and uh, went into this company, spent 15 years there and went through a bunch of different departments, different responsibility, different authority. And at the end, I was the operations manager managing five different departments. And at the ripe old age of 58, I was canceled. Walked into work one day and my position was eliminated. So who you're looking at right now is Rhonda 2.0. And uh, she started two years ago. And I spent about three, three, four months trying to figure out, okay, so what am I going to do? I'm too young to retire. I mean, it, it, that just doesn't make any sense. I have a lot of information. I have a lot of experience uh, when it comes to leadership. I'm an avid gardener. And so during those three, four months, I came up with the people gardener because I had learned so much about working with people from what I learned as a gardener. And so here we are uh, a couple of years in and I am the people gardener and I love the simplicity of nature, even though nature can be complex. One of my favorite uh, things is those seed packets. You know the little seed packets, the one with the sunflower on it? When you plant that seed, you have zero expectation of a rose growing. You know that you're going to get a sunflower. And what I love about that picture is it's the same with humans. We are innately unique and human in ourselves, and we are what we what we are and often leaders can spend expend a lot of energy trying to make somebody something that they're not or push somebody in a direction that that they're they're not that's not who who they are so one of the interesting stats that i came upon was that 70% of those that were uh, polled say that their boss is the worst part of their job. So that's more than seven out of 10 people just think that their boss sucks. Yeah, let's face it, none of us are perfect. We can all do better. We know that we can, we can do better. And I believe that leadership is made up of moments. And the way that you make those moments is by being interested. So I'm going to tell you a story about a moment and, and the effect of being interested. Because I'm an avid gardener, January, February, I get all these seed catalogs. And I wipe off the table and I've got all these catalogs and I start ticking off the ones that appeal to me, the ones that work in my zone. I'll go out and look in the garden and say, okay, what do I need to fill here? What do I need to do? And plan my attack <laughs> for the later spring when I'm going to plant or transplant or move things around. So I came to the conclusion that the 
the west bank of our, our property, I wanted to fill with Stella de Oro daylilies. Well, I don't expect you to know what a Stella de Oro daylily is, but I'll describe it for you. Beautiful, lots of green foliage and this upright stem that has this beautiful, bright, sunshiny yellow flower on it. That flower only lasts a day, so it, it brings up all sorts of them. And every day, there's these new, happy, smiling faces at you. you. You stand in front of it and you know, and it's standing there and it's going, good morning, gorgeous. It's a beautiful day. So happy you're here kind of thing. They're just cheery. So I wanted the whole bank in that. So I made that decision and I figured I needed about 20 of them. And so I'm out. March, I'm looking for these daylilies. April, I'm looking for these daylilies. My family knows what I'm like, they check in every once in a while. So how's the hunt? How's it going? <laughs> so I let them know, still haven't found any yet. And so we come into May and it was the Saturday before Mother's Day. Everyone was gonna be at the house. So I was out grocery shopping and I uh, came home and our three daughters were standing in the driveway. And it's like, whoa, nobody told me we, we were having a party or that they were coming today. So I parked the car. I come out and hugs and happy smiles and it's like, okay, guys, like what's going on? How come you're here? And the three of them pointed down and I, I had been looking directly at them. So eye level, you know, five, six, five and a half feet off the ground. And there on a rolling table was 20 Stella de Oro daylilies. In, uh, my heart absolutely melted. And in that moment, I knew that they saw me. And in that moment, I knew that they were interested in me and I knew that they had heard me. I can take you out to the exact spot on the driveway that it happened. There was such an impact. Those are the moments as a leader that you want to create with your team. They need to know that you see them. They need to know that you hear them. We as humans, we all need to feel like we belong. And we only feel that is if other people, by their actions and their words, assure us that they see us and they hear us. And you know, this forward, uh, people forward thinking, for, for the introverts that are on here, you might be thinking, whoa, that's way over the top. You can find a way. Uh, you talked earlier, Matt, the, the different enneagrams. Every, yes, eights may be more typical leaders, but others can lead as well. And it's just understanding what it is that people need as human beings and we need to feel like we belong. We need to feel like we're seen and that, that we're heard. And so you want to create these moments, those aha moments with your team that it's like, yeah, I matter. The, she, he, they saw me. So, but why? Why do you need to create these moments? Well, I've got five reasons why I believe that you need to create these moments. And the first one is that it reduces absenteeism because people are jazzed about their job. They're jazzed about where they work. They're jazzed about their team. It improves performance. People innately, when they're interested and invested in their job, they are finding ways to do it more efficiently 
to do it better, to do it faster. Nobody has to ask them that. They just do. And it improves the KPIs and the ROIs and all those other eyes that the bean counters want. And it does that organically. That's the beautiful thing about being a leader that, that really creates an environment where people know that they belong. It also improves job satisfaction. You've got people that are happy to come to work and you've got people that are happy to go home and they're happy in their life outside of work. And this is a big one for me. It reduces conflict and drama, right? It just, there's no, there's no need, number one need for it, but there's no, there's no time for it. There's no reason for it because people are, are confident in their job. They're feeling secure in their relationships with their teammates and with the, the, their leader. So, so much of that is diminished. Now, are all of these going to be absolute and perfect and utopia and all the rest of it all the time? Absolutely not. We're human. And leadership is muddy, right? It's, it, it moves back and forth each day. But it's in doing this that you're able to create these spectacular people gardens. And I don't know how many of you may look at a... Um, um, catalog or you might see something on a documentary you see this gorgeous garden right it's just beautiful well if you dissect it the reason that it's beautiful is because of the diversity that is there there's flowers in multiple shapes multiple colors multiple heights multiple sizes You've got bushes that are shrub-like, you've got ones that are columnar, you've got stuff that's huge, you've got stuff that's little, you've got foliage all over the place. You need all of that in order to create that spectacular garden. And it's the same with people. We need every single person, and as Matt says, every single anagram, we need them from all walks of life, all sizes, all colors, all ages, all ethnicities. It doesn't, we need humans. We need humans in the workplace, in all their humanness and all their uniqueness in order to create these spectacular people gardens. And here's the plus side. When you operate this way, when it becomes part of who you are, is there's way less stress and overwhelm for you because there's improvements where improvements are needed and there's reductions where reductions are, are needed. So how do you create these moments? How, how do you create them in a way that isn't overwhelming or adding more onto your plate? The People Gardener process is what I teach and there's four elements to it. The first one is interest. Be interested. I mentioned the catalogs, right, on the, on the table. I spend hours. I'm interested in that. I'm choosing to be interested in that. And so choosing to be interested in the life of each human that is on your team is where you need to start. You need to be interested in their hobbies, be interested in their family, be interested in where they like to go on vacation, be interested in the foods that they like to, just be interested in their life and anything that they would like to share with you. Be open and um, 
what, how do I say this? And retain the information that they're sharing with you when you have those conversations with them. My opinion, it is impossible to get to the place of caring about another human being if you're not interested in them first. You have to be interested. When you think of people that get their PhD, whatever subject it is, if they weren't interested in the subject, there's not a chance they're going to spend seven, ten years of their life chasing after that three-letter uh, designation after their name and all the money. They have to be interested in it in order to care enough to spend that time and energy and money to get that, that end result. So we have to be interested in our people in everything that they are and who it is that they, they bring to the table. So the next thing um, is to regard. Now these next three are related to caring. So to regard, to think about them. When you spend time getting to know people, when you spend time being interested in them, you're gonna be getting all sorts of information coming into your head. And I guess I should really say, when I'm talking about all this, this is you organically receiving information over time that is gonna help you work with these people and help you help them to, to grow. I'm not saying, you know, you gotta walk around with a clip pad, and, you know, write everything down, not at all. This is a practice. You make a choice of being interested. You practice being interested. And then you practice thinking about them. I can remember one of the gals in the art department, she was looking for a new camera. And she just said, you know, it was a Canon. I don't remember the number now, but she said the number. Anyway, I happened to be out at Best Buy. And I saw what I thought was the one that she was talking about. And I took a picture. And I sent it to her in a text and I said, Hey, I'm at Best Buy. I'm not sure if this is the one you were looking at, but Hey, this one's on sale. And she texts back and thanks me and whatnot. I wasn't telling her about the camera. I was telling her, Hey, when we have a conversation, I'm present. I hear you. I see you. I heard what you said and it matters to me. That's what that text was saying. It wasn't saying that the Canon whatever was on sale for $5.99. So take opportunity to be thinking about them. And you're going about your day at work. You're going about your day other places. And don't be afraid to share that you're thinking about them. They need to know that. So then the next thing, uh, the next element is to support. So my opinion, what support means is that you are removing roadblocks and ensuring that each person has everything that they need in order to do the job that you've asked them to do. Right? It's a little difficult. Well, no, it's not reasonable for you to expect somebody to do a job if they haven't been given everything that they need in order to do that job. So there's lots of opportunity for removing roadblocks. And I found um, when I was in corporate that one of the, um, probably one of the most beneficial roadblocks that I removed was this. 
we've always done it that way. Doesn't mean that it has to continue being done that way. And so if you have people in your uh, organization and on your team that are creative thinkers and they come up with alternate ways of getting you to the same place, be open, support them, remove that because we've always done it this way and open up the opportunity for them to share how they think that the same result could be um, met going a different way. So support number, number three, <clears throat> excuse me. And the fourth one is to protect. And what that means is to look out, to look out for those on your team. And that could be that you, you see what they're doing and you see everything that they're bringing to the table and you're looking at it and you're going, you know what? The company as a whole over in this department, they really need somebody with this skill set. And you have the conversation with them and you say, you know what? This opening came up. I think you'd be awesome at it. It's a promotion. It's an increase in pay. You know, is it something that you're interested in? You have to be okay with moving somebody out of your department for their benefit, for their growth. You need to protect them in a, in a way that helps them to grow. Another way of uh, protecting them is you're in, you're in meetings. Something comes up and somebody says, hey, you know what? We really have a problem here and we need somebody that can do this, that, and the other thing. Put their name up. Hey, I've got somebody that would be perfect at that. Give them the opportunity to shine and to, to showcase their, their skill. It will help them grow. So you're protecting them so that they can grow into what they believe that they can uh, become. That's it, the growth is in alignment with their goals and their aspirations. So, you know, we can, we can say that we care, but if our actions, uh, don't express that same thing, we don't create trust. We don't create uh, a good two-way relationship. You know, we can pretend that we care, uh, but you know what? That's, it's it's going to come out that you don't. It, it just will. It just will. So when I talk about these, these four elements, I'm not, I'm absolutely not saying that you have to be Facebook and Instagram friends. I'm not saying, you know, you gotta go for drinks or to the bar. I'm not saying that you gotta have dinner. That's not what I'm saying at all. And I'm sure that there's the, the introverts that are here are going, oh, thanks goodness, because you know, that is so not where I, I come from. What I am saying is that you need to be interested. You need to be open you need to be inviting and first and foremost you need to be interested in them as human beings and when you strip everything down to the simplicity of just being interested and caring about another human being man life becomes so uncomplicated so when it comes to being interested it's all about them 
really, leadership has always been all about them. It's never been about the leader. It's never, it's never been about me. It's always been about them. And as long as you understand that and you're leading from a place of being interested in who they are, what they bring to the table, what it is that they want for their life, then you're, you're, you're on this brilliant, beautiful foundation and you've created a, um, a culture that will allow people to thrive and to grow. So how do you be interested? <laughs> how do you choose to be interested? Well, you can be curious. No, that does not mean nosy. It just means curious about them. Asking them to share with you their thoughts, their aspirations, their concerns, things that they like, things that they don't like. Be curious. You know, I had a friend um, who came on my podcast, Leadership Simplified, here. When I first started, I think she was, I think she was guest number four. She started at a new company and she could not figure out the owner at all. Every day he would walk in and he would spend an hour going around and having conversations, just chatting with people. And then he would go to his desk. And she can remember going, like, what in the world is he doing? Why is he wasting all this time? You know, they tell us to not waste time. And here he is. He's wasting all this time. He's got better things to do with his time. And it was about six months into her job, she recognized that that was the best hour spent of his day. Because he was having conversations and he was connecting with the employees. He was learning more about the culture in his own company. He was learning more about the people who were working for and with him. He was learning more about the dynamics of employees, the dynamics of part departments back and forth. He was, he was gaining so much information that helped him to do his job leading the whole company. So be, being curious is good. Remembering them is another way. Um, when you're having a conversation with someone and they're sharing something with you, let's say it could be that somebody in their family was sick or they had to take their um, pet to the vet or you know their their road on their to their subdivision was all blocked off with construction and it was a problem getting to work your job as a leader is to keep that to take that information in but then to circle back and say hey how's your dog How's your dog doing? Or how's that family member? Are they, are they on the road? Are they, are they mending? Or hey, is that construction still causing you grief? Because what that does is it solidifies in their mind that you are interested in their life, that you care about them, that you remember them, that the conversations that you've had and the interactions that you've had matter. And then the other one is engage, just like that, uh, that owner of that company, just engaging with people. Don't sit in your chair. Now, granted, right now is kind of weird with COVID and so many people working remotely. I mean, there's been some areas of the, of the country that have um, 
kind of gone back to their to their businesses no matter whether you're remote or whether you're physically in the building you need to engage and when you're physically there get up and have the conversations go and chat with people in other departments get a broader picture understand the nuances of your team and how it interacts with other teams when they're working remotely you know i think most of us zoom has become um in, in a lot of ways, it can be it can be challenging. It's a fabulous tool. I mean, it puts on conferences like this, which are awesome. But if you want somebody to really um, sit up, right, that that you're engaging with them, pick up the phone and call them, or send them a handwritten note, snail mail, <laughs> right, that you're that you're engaging. Do something different. Uh, and it will help to solidify their understanding that you want to have a relationship with them, you want to interact with them. Uh, every moment matters. It matters so much. And when you compound the moments, it makes a huge difference. I'm sure most of you have, uh, have heard and are familiar with the compounding Compounding interest, you're familiar with compounding bank accounts, it's the same thing. Compounding moments, they grow exponentially. And when you start with simply choosing to be interested in someone, all of this will organically happen and become part of who you are and how you lead and how you operate your life on any given day. And the neat thing, is all of this is, uh, what's the word I want? All of it relates to our life. Be interested in your family. Be interested in your neighbor. Be interested in those that you work with. We can all choose to be interested. And once we choose to be interested, it will grow to care. It'll grow to relationships and you will build this spectacular people garden that absolutely is energized and is enthused and empowered and works at their best because they're loving what they do. So I'm going to stop there <laughs> and we can take, uh, take any questions <laughs> that any, that anyone might have. Uh, oh, get off my soapbox, but I just, I really, really encourage, go back to the simplicity of just simply being interested. And I do have a, um, a three step, uh, three simple steps. It's rondadelaney.com forward slash links. And um, if anybody's interested in that, they can, they can download it. So I should
to me, the 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 value is um, is honesty. The value. Well, I, I I believe. No, let me back up. A gardener never ever blames a plant for not thriving. Ever, because the gardener put the plant there. The gardener chose to water or not water. The gardener chose to put in the sun or put in the shade. And I think the same way with, as far as people gardening, if someone is not thriving, if they're not feeling valued, if they're not feeling secure in their job, if they're not feeling heard, if they're not feeling that they're being seen, if they're not feeling that they, that they matter, and that they belong, that rests on my shoulders as the leader. I am not speaking in a way that shares that with them. I'm not acting in a way that they, they actually understand that. So um, for, for, yeah, for me, as I said, it's all about them. It's them thriving and enjoying their job and being happy to come to work you know and there's a lot of people say well that's pretty simplistic and i'm saying yes it is simple be open to the humans that you work with and find out what they want out of this relationship and uh, it's amazing the wonderful things that can happen Yeah, I have I have um, three three uh, statements that are um, part of my brand. I guess you would you would call it. And the first one is that leadership is simple. That leadership is a verb, and that caring is your superpower. Uh, you know, I, it just. I, it's, it's interesting. I get myself into trouble sometimes because I like to say, let's get rid of the psychology. Let's get rid of the academia. Let's get rid of everything and just get down to the humanness, the, the, the human being. And we want to belong. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. End of story, every single one of us. So embrace that, embrace that humanness that is innate to all of us. And you know what? <laughs> I turned 61 um, this, this month and yeah, it's taken me probably mm, 
45 years to get to that thinking and that understanding. And did I think that as a 30-year-old leader? No. I, I would imagine I had a lot of people that were unhappy. But as you grow and as you develop and as you're willing to develop as a leader, that, that's the beauty of all this. Leaders are human too, <laughs> right? They're not these perfect beings. Yeah, I mean, it just is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's not, it, it's, uh, I, Maya Angelou has a lovely quote, and I always misquote it or don't quote the whole thing, but um, she, she talks about when you know better, do better. And so as you're growing as a human being and you're growing as a leader, when you do learn to identify uh, things about your personality that could be rubbing people the wrong way or cause people to feel intimidated, okay, so I know that now. We talk about my number eight, right? I'm a strong eight. <laughs> Uh, and and when I'm when I'm talking with with sixes, I need to be aware enough of how I present information so that I don't overwhelm, so that I don't come across as this steamroller or this person that's just pounding stuff in, or this dictator that's making all these decisions like just bam 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 bam. Now just do it. Even though I feel I'm capable of doing that, that doesn't mean that I should. And even though I think this, it doesn't mean I need to say anything. And even though I think this, doesn't necessarily mean what I think is right or true, <laughs> right? So yeah, go back to the human beings. Just care about these people that are in your charge. Care about what's important to them. Care about what it is they want to accomplish in their life. Care about where it is they want to go with their career. Do everything that you can to remove roadblocks and to, to help them really clarify their own path and what it is that they want and give them opportunity to develop and to grow in, in their beautiful uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You're welcome.
Simple, simple. Leadership is simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leadership is, is simple. Often it's not easy, you know, because you, you've got challenging situations. But the, 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 my feeling is the, the concept or the actual leading is simple when you be open to this beautiful, unique, human that you're leading and treating Thank you. Happy to share. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please feel free to reach out if anybody has any questions. Um, I, Rhonda Delaney, Rhonda at Delaney.com is my email. So email, I'm on LinkedIn, so you can message me there too.
I love. I, 